You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 28 of Aging Starts Now. I'm your host, Tim Takis, and today we're talking about Medicare. There's so much to talk about, we are breaking this topic up into two parts. Today, in part one, we are talking about open enrollment and getting started with Medicare. Joining us today is our own Josh Hunter, a public benefits specialist at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Welcome, Josh. Hi, thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about when you are eligible for Medicaid. Let's just basically get down to those basics. Right. I think that's an important piece for people to understand is when you actually qualify for Medicare and what that means for the individual. So there's a couple different ways you can qualify. Most people think of turning 65. And that's true. When you turn 65, that's when you're eligible for Medicare normally. But you can also qualify for Medicare if you've been on disability for two consecutive years or if you're facing end-stage renal disease. So there's a couple different ways that Medicare can get started. I've seen people on Medicare who are obviously 65 or older. I've also seen somebody as young as 24 on Medicare. Okay. So let's Let's back up just a little bit. Are there any situations where a person would not be on Medicare at all? Never uh, qualify? Certainly. Yeah, it kind of depends on their situation. You can deny Medicare, and that's something that we'll talk about a little bit more in our next episode. But there are situations where seniors choose not to pick up their Medicare coverage, for sure. Okay, okay so let me let me back up even further is, is that if you are age 60, telling, I guess what I'm hearing you say is when you when you turn age 65, then you are going to get on Medicare. Does that apply to everybody? Are there some people like maybe that work for the federal government or there's some other organization or entity that they would not qualify for Medicare? Right. There are some situations where individuals really need to look at their situation and how they would qualify for Medicare. Uh, One key fact in, in understanding when you qualify for Medicare Part A is to get that premium free, you need your 40 working credits. I'm sure you've heard that term before, or 10 working years. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can apply off family members. You can apply off your own work history or a spouse. There's a couple different things to consider. But typically, when you're turning 65, if you're not already enrolled in Medicare, you need to do the research and figure out if you need to sign up and what that means for you and make some of these big decisions. Gotcha. Okay. That's really what I was getting at is, is that we can't just categorically say that if you turn 65, you're automatically going to be on Medicare. Oh, no. And you're exactly right. Now, people who are drawing their Social Security early will be automatically enrolled in Medicare. They'll get their Medicare card in the mail and have to decide if they want to deny it or keep it. But if you're, let's say, deciding to retire at 70 or you know something along those lines and you're not drawing Social Security, you have to actually apply and get your Medicare. Gotcha. Okay, so when are, what are the types of Medicare coverage? 
Right, so one of the first big decisions you have to make with Medicare is understanding the difference between original Medicare and Medicare Advantage. I kind of like to describe it as two different paths, right? Both of them are trying to get you good coverage, but they have a little, you know, different steps and things you need to consider. Original Medicare consists of Medicare Part A, which is typically inpatient care, Medicare Part B, which is typically outpatient care. You have a standalone prescription drug plan, and then you also usually will pick up a supplement to cover the 20% that's not in your base Medicare. That's where we hear things like Farm Bureau or Mutual of Omaha and all those supplement companies. Yeah. So that kind of sounds complicated to me that you're talking about Part A, Part B, Part D, prescription drugs, and you have to get another coverage, which is um, Medicare supplement. That's so really, true. we're it is talking about alphabet soup. So basically, four different parts that we're talking about, in effect. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's the way original Medicare kind of looks is those four parts. And then on the opposite side of that path, if you wanted to go the uh, Medicare Advantage route, that's typically an all-in-one service, right? So your A and B are then provided by this, you know, third-party company, maybe like Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or Humana, something like that in our area. And your drug coverage is lumped in. It's not standalone, and you don't pick up a supplement. It's the all-in-one option. So that sounds like the way to go for people, right? Maybe or maybe not. You know, there, there are some things you definitely need to consider when you're trying to pick which path you want. And I guess that leads us right into our next point we wanted to make today. When you're exactly. trying to make which one of these you know, paths is the best choice for you, you have to think about a couple things. So original Medicare in and of itself is a national program. You can use it anywhere, but you can you may have more expenses related to that because you have to pick up a standalone drug plan and that extra supplement, right? And those cost money, right. but you don't have to worry about networks. Alternatively, if you're wanting to talk about Medicare Advantage and the all-in-one option, yes, you may save money on some of those additional expenses, but you have to play by that company's rules. Those companies have networks and providers that they work with. And if you go outside of that network, it can actually be quite costly. So it depends on what you do. You know, for example, if you're a homebody and you're able to play by the rules and you don't travel very much, Medicare Advantage may be a great move for you. You can save good money if you can follow their guidelines and you're able to read through that type of stuff. But if you travel often, you want to be able to see the providers of your choosing, you don't want to have those restrictions, it may be better for you to deal with original Medicare. It depends on your situation, and you definitely have to think through these things before you decide. So the so the old saying, well, you can keep your doctor, is not necessarily the case? No, sir, that is true. Now, it depends on if you went with that original Medicare. If your doctor accepts uh, Medicare in general and you're on original Medicare, you're probably okay. That's not going to cause you any issues. But if you're opting into Medicare Advantage, you need to specifically ask every provider you work with if they take that specific plan. Okay. So you did mention just something just a moment ago is don't, if you are, um, if you're ready to sign up for or enroll in Medicare, whether it's Part A or Part D or whatever, or, or, or a Medicare Advantage plan, maybe the most important thing to think about is does your provider, does your family physician, do does that person or does that entity accept Medicare at all, at all, right? That's true. They don't have to accept Medicare. That's right. Okay. That's not something you want to really assume. 
Mm-hmm. You need to do your homework if you're going to be an effective and cost-saving Medicare beneficiary. Okay. So maybe that's like even in some ways the place to start is if I've got a favorite doctor, make sure your doctor accepts Medicare. For sure. That's and definitely go, a good place to start. And, and then go from there and then say, okay, how do I become eligible, blah, blah, blah. You know, and whether I should choose original Medicare or a Medicare Advantage plan. So one of the things that we've heard about and just sort of switching gears slightly is, um, you know, are things called enrollment periods? I, I'm going to assume one of the, uh, maybe one of the enrollment periods if for people who turn 65 or ready to turn 65, there's an enrollment period there. Is that That, one? That's right. And honestly, I would say that's the most important one. That's what we in in the industry, I suppose, would call your initial enrollment period. That's when you're first eligible for Medicare, be that because of disability or because you turn 65. Either way, when you're first ready to start Medicare, that initial enrollment period helps you get everything in order and you get a few very special rights, like the guaranteed issue right, only that one time. And you need to take good advantage of that because that doesn't roll around again. Okay. So let's do a little bit of a dive into that um, about the initial enrollment period. So let's say you have a hypothetical individual who was born in, you know, the 1st of September. uh, And, you know, and September 1, say, is that person's 65th birthday. So what does that person need to think about? Okay, so let's kind of break down what that initial enrollment period would look like for that person and for anybody. Yes. It's this it's odd-sounding seven-month enrollment period. It's three months before the individual's birthday, the month of their birthday, and three months after. And okay. ideally, what we recommend every beneficiary attempt to do is get everything set up before the month of their birthday because your Medicare would go into effect the first day of the month you were born. So if that individual was born any time in September, it would be September 1. Now, the only caveat to that is if the individual is actually born on the first day of the month, it's the month before. So if that person's birthday was actually September 1, then it would have been the month before, if that makes sense. It would have been August 1 would have been the start of their Is when the start date would be. Gotcha. That's the only unusual break in that rule. Yeah. But otherwise, now, you can pick that- coverage through that whole period. Mm-hmm. But it's best if you get it all done before, so you start off clean. So our right? person that was born in September, they should start maybe looking in. Th- so they could start on June first of that year to um, go ahead and and enroll in in Medicare Part A and Part B. That's exactly right. Go ahead and get that moving because you're going to need that Medicare card to pick your prescription coverage, to pick your supplement plan, or to pick your Medicare Advantage plan if you decide that route. Gotcha. Yeah, and just as a FYI here for our audience is um, uh, because somebody might be listening and go, "Well, what if I uh, what if I wait to enroll? What if I miss some dates or whatever?" That's going to be our next podcast. That's exactly right. There are some some times where it's appropriate. There are some special things you have to consider given your situation, and we're going to dig a little deeper into that. Gotcha. Okay, so the big enrollment periods, initial the initial enrollment period, that's like that seven-month window, you know, that people who are new to Medicare, who are, you know, they, they decide, that's, that's when they enroll. That's right. That's right. And we have three other large enrollment periods that most people should know about. Okay. 
the next of which is going to be called the general enrollment period. And the only reason I want to bring this up, it's from January 1st through March 31st of every year. And this is for people who decided not to pick up Medicare Part A or B, kind of going back to what you were saying a second ago. So if for whatever reason you decided not to do that, that's your opportunity to pick it up for the next year, and it would start July 1. Okay. So that's a good thing to consider if you don't have A and B. So that's January through March, right? That's exactly right. Every year. And and I guess we're going to talk later about, you know, in our next podcast, the consequences of waiting. That's true. Yes, Mm -hmm. the pros and the cons. Gotcha. All right. That so leads that's, us uh, into the open enrollment period, which I think probably our audience is most familiar with. Okay. That's from October 15th through December 7th of every year. And that's where you get the opportunity to reevaluate your drug coverage or your Medicare Advantage plan for the upcoming year. Okay. Yeah, and we definitely want people to take advantage of that every year. There can be huge cost savings, and that's really the only way to know if your plan intends to change for the upcoming year. You have to take advantage of that. That's your right. Right, and I'm just going to tease this, too, to our audience that most likely, because open enrollment is its own, it's probably its own podcast. It totally could be, that's for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe at a future date, we'll we'll do an open enrollment, you know, a podcast about open enrollment, which needless to say, as you said, is coming up. Things to consider when you're doing, when you're going through an open enrollment. That's right. That's right. And then that will lead us into the, the last uh, initial peer enrollment period that I wanted to talk about okay. is the Medicare Advantage open enrollment period. Okay. Now, I know that sounds kind of repetitive of the last cycle in that it sounds a lot like the annual enrollment period, but it's a little different. This runs from January 1st through March 31st. I know they picked the exact same time frame as the general enrollment period just to make mm-hmm. things extra confusing. Right. But just focus on the first two words in that, Medicare Advantage open enrollment period. Okay. Gotcha. And what that means is those people get that special time frame to further evaluate their plan for that year. And it would actually go into effect April 1. So if you had to miss the open enrollment or the annual enrollment period for some reason in October, if you were on a Medicare Advantage plan, you have this opportunity. It comes up again. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you're on it, if you're already on a Medicare Advantage plan and you didn't change anything or do anything, you've got from January to March, you know, to make changes which become effective April 1. That's right. It's kind of like an extra annual enrollment period for right. people on Medicare Advantage. That's yeah. a good way to look at it. Yeah. And let's just, you know, and, and Joshua, let's just sort of distinguish here. When you refer to annual enrollment period, you're referring essentially to the open enrollment period that occurs. Yeah, that's what it used to be called. That's right. Now, the annual enrollment period is the official name of that October 15 through December 7. Because they used Medicare Advantage open enrollment period to describe this new time frame they reinstated. Yeah, so let's. But both of these time frames are meant really for the same purpose. Okay, so the annual enrollment period is October 15 to December 7. That's exactly right. And then the Medicare Advantage open enrollment period is that January 1 through March 31. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So a few other things that we'll get to is okay, so that's the four uh, enrollment periods. That's right. The original, um, initial, general, annual, and Medicare Advantage open. That's exactly right. Yes, sir. So what types of expenses should I plan for with Medicare? 
That's a good question. I've had a lot of people come to us uh, when I worked at the state and now while I'm working here at our firm who are kind of confused and believe that Medicare just covers everything, right? Maybe that's just how we're raised or what we've heard that Medicare is just a all-inclusive insurance, but there are some expenses you want to be prepared to pay. You have different premiums. You have a premium for Part A if you actually don't meet all of the requirements to get it premium-free. You have a premium for Part B, which this year is $144.60 a month that everybody pays. More than likely, you're going to have a premium for your drug plan, and you'll end up with a premium for your supplement. So these are all things you need to be prepared to budget for. You also have things like deductibles to consider. You have a Part A deductible that's for every benefit period. And if you have some questions about benefit periods, we actually just made a great YouTube video. You can go review for that. And then you have deductibles for your Part B that are annual, right, that are substantially less. So these are all good things to consider. You also have to think about your co-pays and the fact that Medicare does not cover long-term care. So there are a couple expenses that can sneak up on people if you haven't done your research. And we just want people to know that Medicare is a great insurance. It's just not free insurance, right? Right. The part you would get for free, quote unquote, would be your Medicare Part A due to your work history. The rest of it can have some expenses tied in. Gotcha. Okay, so any final tips for getting started with Medicare? Definitely. I think the the biggest tip that comes to mind right off is that we need to be careful how much you listen to your friends when you're going through this process. I hear so often that people say, well, my neighbor has this plan and it's great, or I heard somebody tell me about this option and it's perfect for them, or they're not paying anything and I have to pay and I don't understand. And I say all of that to say your situation is unique, right? You're probably not on the same medications as that person. You may not be the same age as that person. There's various factors that weigh into you picking your coverage. And ultimately, that's what you have to remember, that it's not your spouse, it's not your friends, this is your situation, and your situation may be different. It may be more or less expensive. So be careful and take that with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. And then my final tip would be to make sure you use that Medicare and You handbook you get every year. I know that nobody wants to read that entire thing. I understand that. But at least the beginning of it can give you a great idea of what Medicare looked like and then what you can do with your Medicare insurance. Those first couple pages can be pretty useful. Right. Okay, and I will just add a last tip for you, uh, Joshua, is that there are organizations that are free that can guide you through this process. That's true. Like the State Health Insurance Assistance Program, most people just call it SHIP. Uh, Here in Tennessee, uh, the SHIP program is pretty active. There's uh, one that covers every part of Tennessee. You just have to look them up, Mm -hmm. and that is free assistance and unbiased care. Yes. And I would think for that, I mean, because what you're, I think what you're really saying, Josh, is that the decision to make and what Medicare you choose and how what how you go forward on that is an important decision. Very much so. That's exactly right. And speaking of getting new to Medicare, you only get that initial enrollment one time. So That's you want right. to take good advantage of that. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Joshua. And that's it for today's episode. Uh, Josh, thanks for joining us. Our Joshua Hunter, our Medicare specialist. So join us next week as we continue our Medicare discussion with Joshua. We will be talking about when you should enroll in Medicare in penalty periods. Thank you for listening. 
thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.